everyone, and welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. You know, lately I've been in the market for another Nintendo Switch dock. Oh. I'm surprised that like the official solution is still over $100. I'm not sure I trust the uh, third party ones just yet. Just because I remember how many switches they were bricking kind of at the beginning. I feel like by now they must be okay, right? But like, I I just, I I don't know. How can you know? So there is a, I think an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter that I backed from the the company Genki. Mm -hmm. And they have been making something. They they claimed it. They wrote that article that was like, hey, this is why so many docks are bricking. Mm. You know, people are getting, essentially, people were getting some detail of Nintendo's specific USB-C implementation wrong because Nintendo wasn't quite doing it to the letter of the law. Big surprise. Mm -hmm. So they've got this thing that is called the covert dock that I would really love to see uh, come to fruition. So I am... I'm either one of the geniuses or the hapless idiots that back this thing. <laughs> How long ago did you back that? It was it was it was four years ago. Uh, no, it was <laughs> probably back maybe uh, two months or so ago. But essentially, okay. they claim to have gotten all the dock ch- technology down to about the size of the Nintendo Power Charger, like the the thick part at the beginning of the Switch charger. So it is a mm-hmm. USB-C charging pass-through, a HDMI pass-through, and a USB 3.1, uh, just generic wow. USB point. And it claims to power the switch, do proper USB pass-through, all without doing damage to the console. So I, I, I'm definitely like half in the wait-and-see approach, but if so, you could potentially have a dock for half the price and uh, yeah. about the size of a couple of thumbs. I see a lot of them on Amazon for about $25 as opposed to the over $100 of the official one. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't understand why. Yeah. Uh, like some of them only have like eight reviews, which makes me really nervous. So I really don't want to test it, especially not like a week before Pokemon comes out. So not sure what I'm going to do yet, but maybe this can uh, turn into a reoccurring feature. No kidding. I uh, Now I'm in the unenviable position too that... I don't know exactly when these things are shipping out, but uh, I might not be <laughs> I might not be home to get it. So I need to like change uh, my address as I'm in the process of moving uh, to Denver, Colorado. That's right. It's coming up quick. So any of our Denver listeners. Yeah, stop by my house. <laughs> and no, don't stop by my house. You won't know where my house is, hopefully anyway, but uh Yeah, uh, it's going to be a wild time. I'm going to be up in the mountains. Finally, a mountain man. Very cool. Not many of those in uh, Detroit. No, very few, actually, I find. Um, Let's get to the video game pitches. Q, you're going first today. What are you bringing us? So, speaking of, I'm really burying my soul this week, I'm realizing. (laughs) I am a man, I'm 33 years old, and I have started to look in the mirror and realize, wow... My hair is not quite the thickness that it used to be. (laughs) And so uh, facing down the barrel of aging, I started doing all this research about how um, essentially every bracket 
uh, of age that a man gets uh, 30, 40, 50, each one of those decades has a 10% increase in chance that you're, you're going to lose your hair or the percentage of hair you lose, which was fascinating to me by 50, 50% of men lose hair. I, I was thinking about this and I started doing all this YouTube research of how men deal with this and hairstyles. I really went down this rabbit hole and I was like, wait a second. I'm doing this research, I don't even know why, it's not that serious of a problem yet, but I love the idea of making light of this and having a game that uh, gives uh, men who are losing their hair some fun to have with it and maybe um, a laugh or two where a game where you play a hairstylist who has access to an array of tools um, and men come in with increasing levels of hair thinness and you have to shape and comb over and work with and fluff up and give them the best haircut and hairstyle you can with what hair you have. So a little bit of hairstyling game, kind of a puzzle game, <laughs> something okay. like that. Cool. Let's go ahead and start the clock. Uh, so I'm curious about these scoring mechanics. Obviously, I think that uh, <laughs> yeah. hairstyling is very subjective. I, I do like making making do with what little you have, but whether or not you did well is kind of you know in the eye of the beholder, is not. Yeah, I guess that's true. So maybe you have to make the specific ask of the game for comb overs, and then you're entering down a path of how much hair did you successfully hide and that's a little bit more about finding hair and placing it in different directions and that sort of thing okay so essentially you're looking for maximum head coverage then <laughs> yeah that's right let's see if you can cover up as much of that uh, thinning hair as you can all right um so let's see i was uh, i was originally hoping this would be <laughs> some sort of a game that utilizes a peripheral to encourage exercises that reduce hair loss in men you know like a we fit, but for hair loss. That's interesting. I, I don't even know if that kind of technology exists, but that's never stopped us in the past. Right. This episode of Playwright is brought to you by Hims. No. Uh... Doctors hate him. <laughs> One of the things I think it could be, so if the game is a little bit more the sort of, I hate to use the term traditional, but it kind of is at this point, the traditional sort of overdone anime aesthetic Japanese, like you're doing these kind of wild things to hair and that's considered success as long as you're like covering it up. I think one thing that you could do is intersperse and, and like give people educational resources about, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know exactly who this audience is for, but I just found like with most things going and spending some time doing just a little bit of research on this, I was like, wow, there is just so much to learn just about men's hair. And of course, like it felt like I was uncovering a section of the internet that totally has existed for a long time, but I didn't know about all those <laughs> things like the, you know, every decade or whatever. And there's certain brushes you want to use and men think that their hair should be longer, but you know, haircuts actually help it may uh, look better so maybe there's stuff like that you can intersperse i don't know if that's tooltip screens or if that's in between levels or what but yeah give these men some haircuts too 
would be really great. We'd really have to validate any tips that we give out. I think that there's a, a lot of science, uh, pseudoscience, yeah, I would pseudoscience say, for sure. um, among men in particular, uh, when it comes to making things longer that I am not entirely <laughs> convinced. Longer and fuller H let's not, uh, let's not mince words here. Fullness has never been the problem. Um, yeah, I do like the idea of having access to like blow dryers and stuff. And maybe, you know, I don't know how you avoid doing the sort of maybe Donald Trumpian sort of level here, <laughs> being able to push hair around, or maybe this is a, a hair transplant game and you actually have to mm. do things like find areas where there is uh, more dense hair in a scalp and uh, strategically remove those hairs and put them on at different points and and have your patients come back for visits and see how they're recovering <laughs> and you do all that sort of crazy stuff. Maybe there's uh, some kind of obscure elements within the game. If you're really paying attention to things, then you can find almost like alchemical formulas that... Uh, allow you to, you know, perform all sorts of crazy hair-based magic, you know? It's not just turning people from bald people into oh. hairy men, but it could uh, turn their hair into gold. It could, you know, turn their hair into soup. I, I don't know. Al alchemy. You know, and I said that I started this with like a, uh, as a men's hair game, but it you know, women do suffer from hair loss as well. And it would be interesting to have, you know, patients of all types come in. I, I love the idea of, I don't know if you know the musical Sweeney Todd, but uh, there's a, there's a basically a snake oil salesman who's selling uh, Pirelli's Miracle Elixir, um, who that is promising to help men regrow their hair. Um, basically anywhere they put it, which is kind of interesting. Um, so maybe there's like, yeah, there's also like you're formulating your own elixirs and stuff. And maybe there's a way to tell like a person's skin type or like what their, how their pores are operating or what needs to be stimulated to help them with their, their hair. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's not even all hair loss. Maybe it's just like, I want my hair to be straight and it's curly or I want my hair to be, well, I guess curl, straight to curly is, uh, is curling irons or what have you. But, uh, yeah, the other way around and hair straighteners, like maybe you can do a bunch of things to this hair to, uh, elongate the parts that you have access to. Mm. Hey, here we go with the elongation again, uh, or enhance the parts and really like help people kind of call attention to different parts of their face or something. I'm not quite sure. I think there's also an inherent joy if we're talking about hair based games in, uh, those little magnetic metal shaving, uh, toys, oh. you know what I'm talking about where you get a face yes. and little metal shavings behind like a plastic screen and you would use a magnet to like give a person a funny beard or funny hair or something. Yeah. I, one of the things I saw was there is apparently this is really popular in Hollywood and there was an interview uh, with John Cryer on Conan O'Brien where he pointed this out, but there is just straight up kind of matte hairspray. And when I say hairspray, I mean hmm. black spray that you spray onto your scalp that is just meant to basically cover scalp and blend in with the color of your hair, but it doesn't actually add any thickness. It's mostly like for the camera. So maybe you have, hmm. uh, maybe you have tools like that where 
you have a limited resource pool of the sprays and you have limited energy you can use in the blow dryer and stuff. So every <laughs> level, every head is like finding, you know, how much of which resource you can use and what direction to use it in order to get the the most hair to comb over, essentially. Yeah, so let's go back to the combing over aspect of it. I do uh, want to acknowledge that among video game simulations, hair is one of the hardest things to do correctly. So uh, in creating this indie game, you're actually kind of partaking in one of the most da uh, dangerous and difficult tasks that <laughs> video game creators can get up to. You yeah. know, I think, uh, I think the best hair that I've seen in games is maybe like Tomb Raider, the newer Tomb Raider games are pretty impressive, but uh, even still... You know, it's it's blocky. Uh, like, what is the level of? I guess if you're dealing with balding men, likely you aren't mm -hmm. going to get any of the, you know, the the hair metal types with the the long locks all the way down to their shoulders. But yeah, yeah. Well, what level of hair simulation do you see factoring into this? Hair emulation, if you will. Uh, I don't think I don't think I will. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. Um... <laughs> As obviously, finally, we've made NVIDIA a showcase for their TressFX <laughs> technology here, haven't we? Um, well, number one, if hair's thinning, I don't. I think you actually get a little bit of a save there because you <laughs> you have some thinning locks. But if you if you imagine in my head, the imagined view is like that of the barber, and so you're pretty like all that's basically in frame is one human head. And then you could do almost like, you know how pool games just kind of have a blurred out suggested background sometimes of like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're in a barbershop or whatever. Mm. I love the idea of having the trappings of a pool game to complete with uh, jazz music and like a nice mirror and just like you're in different types of hairstylist places and you have different tools and different environments. Trappings of a pool game, of course, something we're all very familiar with. So if you're really close to the hair, then technically you could give enough geometry to enough strands of the hair where if you were running a comb through it or if you were blow drying it, you could actually manipulate it. It would be a little bit more like simulating grass or something in a video hmm. game than it would be, you know, just because of the scale of the whole thing. Well, that's appealing. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and close that one down. And come up with a name. Let's thin that one out. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> okay, go for yeah. that. Um, oh, give it man. a main. <laughs> give it a main. Oh, man. Maybe main. <laughs> That's pretty good. Main menu. Is there something there? Main, main man, main, main, main street barber. Uh, oh, main street is a very main street barber is cool. I like I was just going to say just main street, but that's nothing. I think main street barber shop or something. Main street barber shop. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Let's go with that. And uh, let's move on to my pitch. So what I want today is a first person shooter set entirely in enclosed hallways and, and indoor spaces in which the level spins 90 degrees whenever you fire your weapon. Oh. So I'm talking like sideways like Inception. And so you have to account for all of your cover disappearing. You have to account for the entire room rotating on uh, uh, objects that are not strapped down, flying all about. And uh, let's go ahead and start the clock. Okay, this is cool. So I'm, 
are you imagining that there's any sort of physics-y simulation to this as well? Where like when the room rotates, boxes and stuff are kind of tossed mm-hmm. around. I've been playing a lot of Luigi's Mansion, so I'm <laughs> I'm obsessed with now random stuff blowing about the environment. I, I want this to be something that is disorienting, but you could potentially use it to your advantage if you're thinking one step ahead. It's almost like turning a real-time first-person shooter into a turn-based game in the same way that like Superhot did. I imagine it's going to be kind of tunnel-y. Is it a little linear? Does it end up feeling a little bit like the special level in Sonic where things are just kind of coming at you and every time you fire, you're sort of mm-hmm. rotating around like essentially one point perspective. Yeah, I think so. You kind of have a goal at the end that you want to reach. And uh, yeah, you're just looking to um, to get out there. Is there, I guess this is this would turn it a little bit more into an endless runner, but you could also have a mechanic where maybe reloading or something will rotate the environment in the opposite direction. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so you kind of have to account for the bullets that you have in your and and then like um like in a lot of shooters if you if you fire but your barrel is empty, then you automatically go into the reload sequence. So even if you are trying to think ahead but you aren't counting your shots, then uh you could catch yourself rotating the wrong way. It would also kind of be fun. I mean, you could do unlimited bullets, um, but if you did have a limited ammo supply and you're doing those forced reload type of things, then if someone gets a little bit out of whack and they want to be on a particular track, they would have to sort of, oh, I need to fire three times and reload so I'll be on the correct Mm. track. But that also means I, I potentially have to you know, expend some valuable bullets uh, because I would, I mean, you're shooting at things. I imagine that's like if I shoot and let's say it's rotating clockwise, if I shoot and the world rotates clockwise, does my bullet hit the thing that's in the lane I just rotated to or the thing that I rotated from? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I don't think everything is necessarily locked into lanes like a Guitar Hero track. You know, I think that if you shoot, you are just aiming anywhere in three-dimensional space. Got it. Although, I mean, maybe it's interesting for it to be a... I'm not sure. I'm undecided. I could be convinced either way. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. So it's a little bit more of affecting the world. It could be... You could also have something where... Or some enemies where you don't necessarily... If you shoot them... They'll deflect back at you or they have like a counterattack. So what you really want to do is kind of empty two bullets out in thin air or around them, get the world rotated, and then they fall on their head. And that's what sort of dazes them to uh, be stunned and ready for like a takedown attack or something. I would also like if there are spikes on certain surfaces. And so you have to kind of be careful with where you're rotating yourself into. Um, maybe if there's long falls that you could potentially take, if you rotate the wrong way, um, this is kind of inspired by Manifold Garden, which came out recently. Have you played that one at all? No, but I, 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 it's beautiful looking every time I see it, I'm like, Ooh, that that looks good. Yeah. That has, um, you can kind of approach any wall and then click on the wall and then gravity will change to, uh, pull you towards that wall and it kind of affects everything in a way. But I just think within an action setting, 
uh, that would be an exciting uh, idea to try to, and it would be very kind of like high risk, high reward. Uh, the only thing that I would find a little potentially annoying is um, sometimes it could be hard to determine how far you can fall without taking damage. And if you're just on the wrong side of that, I can see um, being a little annoyed. I think the thing that like up until this point, I've imagined this as a tunnel. But if I imagine this a little bit more like Manifold Garden, or at least from what I understand from gameplay videos of Manifold Garden, or even something like, just imagine a Quake level or a Doom level that could be mm. rotated. Like yeah, the absolutely. complexity of the the geometry in a space like that. Um, or even, did I mention control? Yeah, I think I did. I don't I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Oh, okay. Well, the the idea of a space that has like big, exaggerated, you know, stone pillars or spikes on the wall and all this kind of super industrial brutalist architecture being rotated. I guess my question is, maybe this is by design because the level would have to, the game would have to be super fluid and maybe paired back to do such fast world rotations if you're like talking about a a doom a modern doom speed of mm -hmm. shooting so maybe maybe the world rotates only on reload or something like that is there does it need to be throttled i guess is my question i mean obviously you'd be building the game around this mechanic you would probably have to limit to like single shot type guns, pistols, revolvers. I think revolvers would be especially because, you know, then you have the clear justification for why you only have six shots before you have to reload, crossbows, things like that, you know, no machine guns or maybe a machine gun is a super late game item and then it just sends the entire world spinning around you. <laughs> My guy, you've with a revolver, you've also created like a cool <laughs> fictional tie to this whole thing there we go because like yeah. the revolver is a sci-fi revolver and it revolves <laughs> the world not the gun i think we got a name as well <laughs> um yeah that's super cool oh and so so like let's say it's a revolver there's like it's a six shot revolver or something like that mm -hmm. you could do like when you go to reload and have to open up that barrel you kind of you spin the world super, super fast um, as you like reload all those bullets and click it into place. So you almost get like every reload, you kind of end up on a random surface because you don't quite know where the revolver is going to like stop and lock in. Mm. You really have to make the world spinning be the perfect balance of like quick and responsive, but not nauseating. I think that would be a real important <laughs> uh, key here. Yeah, I wonder how that could be done. Games that uh, disorient players. I mean, even people got sick playing Portal. I remember that was kind of a common thing. Maybe you could do something where you enter into these different rooms or these sort of sequences and one wall, uh, like the far wall, is static. So the whole thing almost feels like just the the floor, ceiling, and the left and right wall are the things that are sort of rotating Rubik's Cube style, but around a static core. So you get the mm -hmm. excitement of the geometry kind of and like really making big sounds and clicking into place and like displacing dust and all that stuff. But you have a static point of reference. So there's not necessarily the nausea inducing, like the whole world is flipped. Yeah. I mean, you could end up even 
you know, in the middle of combat, you could end up solving big kind of room moving puzzles as well. You know, maybe you're in a large, like, 3d prison cell like you would get like a sci-fi prison cell thing where the cells are all floating about and you have to rotate them in certain ways to get the doors to align so you can escape yeah so then you could combine both action sequences so like maybe rooms start off with like a puzzle being solved and as the puzzle Mm -hmm. is solved and the 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 prisoners break free or something like that they don't have to be people i like the idea of being crazy and monsters and all that sort of stuff as those things make their way free then you get a combat sequence but because you have solved the puzzle and you've kind of rotated the level geometry enough you kind of have a better understanding of the space that you're in and what it's capable of from those rotations but it's still all triggered and activated through the the chamber uh, revolving of the gun that sounds great let's go ahead and stop that there and give it a name i mean obviously i think revolver fits remarkably (laughs) well yeah that's pretty cool i have no objections to that uh let's move on to our forum or to uh, not the forum to the community we don't have a forum i guess we're a part of the canon rinse network now so you can probably talk about us there uh, yeah. If you choose to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to I mean, is there a play right uh, section of the Canon Rinse Forum? Let me check right now. If not, we're going to lobby. If there is, we're sorry, listeners who've been writing it. <laughs> <laughs> there is not. Okay, all right. Oh, but there's a, there is a section of the forum for the Waypoint Travel Agency series of videos that I did a long time ago. <laughs> oh, how nice. Ah, it's, uh, it's interesting. All right, anyways, um, this... As we say um, on uh, every episode, we will make a video game out of just about anything that you pitch us, and uh, we really don't put any limits up. I mean, just reasonable limits, I would say, but uh, we, we, keep, we keep the bar pretty low, and um, I, think, uh, I think this is not exactly what we were shooting for, but let's see what we can do with it. This is from a new name uh, from Sean Spensett, who says... CampWolfCreek.com or CWC Games on Facebook. Game Factory may make a demo for me. I need my game promoted, so this podcast would be perfect to help with that. I like how honest he is, you know? Um, that's, uh, that's, I, I appreciate that he's not trying to cloak it. In, uh, <laughs> he's just trying to use us as advertising, which is, uh, which is fine. Which- technically job done not a lot of the concept there more of a more of just the fine print of a sales pitch but let's see if without clicking through on the links we could make a video game oh no i've already clicked through is that it was that not allowed it's it's not a problem okay i'm not gonna go past this homepage. i'm gonna start the clock and let's so let's see what do we have here we have Somebody who is <laughs> presumably a camper at Camp Wolf Creek, who yes. is trying to feverishly write into a podcast to try to get their idea heard. Maybe it's a way of uh, sending secret messages that the wolves can't detect um, in hopes that we will pick up on it and uh, come and bust them out of this horrible Wolf Creek. Um, man, I'm sorry. I am so enchanted by this trailer that is playing before me right now. All right, I am going to have to check this out, I think. 
<laughs> it is very strange. Uh, you know, and I certainly, I know I'm laughing here because it's, uh, it, it's kind of unexpected in many, many ways. I, I also don't have sound on, on it, so I'm sure sound is important. So the uh, opening frame of this trailer is from Spencer Entertainment, which, uh, Makes me wonder. It's been a while since we've heard from Spencer Saunders. Could oh, this be under an alias? The one and only? <laughs> this could be dubious. This could absolutely be dubious. I'm not sure what Camp Wolf Creek is. No, we are we are divorced from the trailer. The actual game does not need to factor into this at all. We are no. building a video game based on exclusively what is this in the email. email. Right. So... This person is, th- oh, maybe they thought they were enrolling in a camp and then they got <laughs> to the camp uh, or to be a camper and their, you know, their parents leave and they're like, goodbye, parents. The camp is like, surprise, this is actually a game factory and <laughs> you need to constantly pro- be producing games for us. So you're, you're trapped in this factory and you have to make games and maybe a part of it is like trying to communicate with the outside world, trying to send your message, yeah. trying to be found, leave little hints. Um, I, there are some games that, uh, that do some kind of interesting programmy type of stuff. Games like Hack and Slash, where you kind of rewrite the code of the game on the go to be more favorable to your conditions. Maybe you have rudimentary game programming tools at your disposal that you can use to to try to create a game that will be that will be able to get past the wolves that are running the camp but at the same time you can sneak messages to the players yes so you have to you have to for example like encode those messages in say like the names of your characters or something like that. You need to take their names and like the first letter of every name spells help me or something like that, (laughs) but only through, but since every game has to be certified through the, the wolf, uh, the, the wolf Creek counselors, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to, you have to be able to pass through their checks, but also make it very clear what you want to have happen. I don't know what the mechanic here is though. Is that like a submitting these little mini games to other people and other people have to like have some way of writing down what the hidden meaning was? Maybe you have to communicate parts of a message and you're given basically like a wall of, of code for a game that's kind of pre-compiled and you have to sneak these words in there in a way that won't break the the game code so maybe it's kind of an educational thing where you can like experiment with putting words in different places and seeing how it affects the output and as you're writing different sets of logic then maybe you're like trying to make the logic like you're oh what am i going to name this variable and i'm going to name it something like despair or you know something that's like indirectly and then you're like if despair then send help or something like this and, <laughs> but like it's it's running something completely innocuous and the system like send help like just turns a light on or off or something yeah um yeah so me so yeah i i like this idea it's kind of like a little inferno where you have this kind of world 
around you, but you're focused on a very particular aspect of it. I think being kind of focused on your computer screen, interacting entirely with that, maybe you have to kind of like stave off boredom, tiredness, hunger, and that makes you hallucinate and things from the game world start kind of like impacting your uh, the real world in ways of you know, hallucinations and such. Is this like a Ubisoft evil corporate uh, scenario where there is a the ability to walk around Camp Wolf Creek and and talk to other campers and that sort of thing? And you're you're also trying to like band people together to to get a message out simultaneously. This is like promotion is really important in this email, right? So, mm-hmm. what is the act of promoting the message or, or spreading that sort of thing? Yeah, you could be really trying to like create a uh, an uprising among the game slaves, the people that are uh, that are trapped oh, here. Game slaves sending messages pr- amongst each other. That's kind of more interesting than sending messages to the outside world. You know, if you're just trying to like, you know, low level communicate with one another while these wolves are there patrolling and making sure that you know, trying to keep the keep the uh, the rabble from uh, conspiring. So you could have something where you are writing these lines of game code, right? And they have to, maybe there's a little code thing on the left and the simulator on the right, and you're just in charge of like getting something to work. So now you have a game that's kind of like coding puzzles or whatever, but hidden in the code's comment sections and in like the variable names and all of this stuff, you also have to like convey a message logically start Mm -hmm. to finish in your code. And then like once your code runs and compiles and actually like makes that part of the game work, then you can take your disc over and like share it with a coworker and get a disc back from them and Mm. like get a new prompt that you're trying to work through and, and, solve what they're they're going through yeah interesting maybe you uh maybe you can even program things like im windows between your uh between people and you have to kind of minimize them when the shadowy figure kind of looms past you you can only kind of see reflections off your screen you can kind of keep track of how many rows back they are where they are when they're going to be patrolling past you that's interesting. So you both have to like, is that a physical you have dodging? You watch the or screen that... and watch the reflection as well. Oh, so you've got like some head slash camera control to sort of peek out. Or maybe you can... Um... I don't know if you need that. You could have both layers of information happening at once. If you're on like an old CRT type screen. Oh, yeah. Uh, then you can kind of see things in the background, kind of like in the in telling lies how you can see the face of the person who's watching the videos at all times there's also the aspect there that is kind of cool where you i don't know if you've ever done this before but like on max where facetime is one of the main apps you can both send and receive calls from facetime but if you open up facetime without kind of doing anything it by default is a feed of your own video camera so you're just kind of like using it as a mirror so you could mm. like launch your video chat app or something to uh to oh, get yeah. like a look in the other direction and of course like you know maybe it's all mirrored or something and there's an You'd interesting kind of program that yourself that would be a late game thing to even like see what your own character looks like right you have to access the camera 
like, oh, now it's time to hook up peripherals or something like that. All right. That's all the time that we have on that one. Thank you very much, Sean Spencet, for sending that in. I assume that's Spencer because uh, Sean Spencer, be. um, because Sean Spencer has got to be it, right? I think that's probably just a typo. They're right next to each other on the keyboard there. Okay. And, well, I've gone to the about me page and I'm confirming it is Sean Spencer. Okay. We, we give a bit of a hard time at the beginning with uh, <laughs> sending in a, uh, just a pitch for the website rather than a video game idea. But of course we do not want to discourage anyone from sending just whatever they want. You know, the, the, the less it resembles a video game pitch, the more, the more freedom we end up having. So <laughs> we are, uh, we are open and uh, eager to receive anything that you have to throw our way. So anyways, let's come up with a name for this one. <laughs> I mean, uh, Camp Wolf Creek is pretty yeah. good. Game, Game Slaves is also terrible, but uh, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe like Game Creek, the Wolf Master or something. Game Creek. That's actually by itself pretty good. Game Creek is nice. You think it's a video game camp, but it's a camp where they're going to force you to make video games. <laughs> All right. Game Creek. It's kind of like Game Freak as well. <laughs> yeah, that, I just realized that now hearing you say it. <laughs> It's fun. I don't know if anybody would even remember what Game Freak is. It's also what I'm realizing. They're the ones that make Pokemon, right? Or am I... Oh, okay. That is... Yeah, that what am I thinking up. of? I'm thinking of Game Spy. That's what I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of. And there's Game Shark, Game Spot, game and Game Stop. Uh, wow. All sorts of things. Lots of things you can add to Game, huh? Our British listeners will know Game by itself. And now there's Game Creek. Adding to the, the Pantheon. All right. Uh, that was submitted to our website at playwrightcast.com slash pitch. You can email us playwrightcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at playwrightcast. And again, anything you want to send us, we will receive. We will turn it into a video game within reasonable limits of human decency. Yeah. In fact, Sean Spencer, if you want to write back with the actual synopsis or something idea of your game, Maybe uh, we can pitch you a twist of the idea and help you come up with something even uh, even more different or crazier than you originally imagined. Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. And go check out the other great shows on the Kane and Rinse Podcast Network, where there's quality video game discussion, I believe is the tagline of the Kane and Rinse uh, video game podcast. And then, of course, the Sausage Factory interviews with game developers from all sorts of different video games. It's pretty great. And then, of course, Sound of Play, where you can listen to games music left, right, up and down. Mostly left and right, though. We record it in stereo. Unfortunately, you have not upgraded to the 5.1 setup. Oh, my God, man. I keep pressuring you to do that. You got to get the it does. I, I, I don't even hear something unless it's in that fifth channel. It's. It's just the uh, just the the um, the back right that you can hear out of. You have a very specific hearing condition. <laughs> I've you know I've never understood why it's a decimal after uh, five five point one. It always well, made me go so the, like, the point one is the subwoofer. I know, but which is like there's also like seven point two. But I was always like, so you need like seven and less than half a speaker to hear this thing seven so, speakers and a subwoofer <laughs> yeah, and two subwoofers let me solve the mystery two. here <laughs> <laughs> all right um that uh that just about wraps us up for, 
wraps it up for us today. Q, why don't you give us a miniature pitch so we can close the door on this one? Yeah. So my mini pitch this week is a game where you are tracing stars to form new types of constellations. All right. That sounds great. And uh, I guess we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.